There we go. All right. So people on the recording, you just missed that I was having dinner with a friend and we were just talking about Jesus. And yeah, basically at the end of that dinner, um, what I felt on my heart was that God was shifting me again to what, and like, this is literally exactly how I feel right now. I can't talk about anything else tonight. I actually feel so narrowed in by God that he's like, I need you to speak on this particular thing. Anything else I would try and speak on would definitely flop and fail. You know what I mean? But he wants me to speak on love. Like he wants me to speak on the love of God, the absolute core and center of who he is as a person. And the thing that we know we've heard so much about, but consistently fall short of at church. Let's be real. We do. Because love is so much more and so much deeper than probably any other definition you've ever heard of it, especially from pop culture, just growing up, hearing it from, it's almost in every single song title. It's almost in, it's almost the lyrics for every single song. Like you go listen to any song on the radio, probably about some guy loving some girl, even like the EDM trance, like, like, um, what's it called? Dubstep music. If there's lyrics to it, it's probably about some guy and a girl. <laughs> it's like in everything. Actually, in fact, I um, prepared something in advance. Um, let me read to you. There's like some number one songs from like the past like 30, 40 years, like on the radio and stuff. And this is like what, like, this is like 20 of like 2000. I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Will you love me tomorrow? Vision of love, Mariah Carey. Let me love you. Where did our love go? She loves you. Love will keep us together. Dream lover, because I love you. To sow with love, I'll make love to you. I love you always forever. Can't help falling in love. Endless love, best of my love. This guy's in love with you. That's the way love goes. Where is the love? Do you love me? We found love. This love, love full. Show me love. (laughs) Baby love. Um, Love takes time. And there's like 500 billion more. But you get the idea, right? It's like a hot topic. You just hear, you hear so much. And it's like, it's funny though, because it's like you get to this point as a, like a, as a songwriter or as like a, someone doing something creative that they love. And what do they want to talk about? Their, how they relate to other people. Really, that's what it boils down to. And if you really think about it, what actually makes this world go round is, the, is relationships. And the biggest apps, most downloaded apps on your phone, probably social media. Why? Because it's got people on it that you care about. You don't really care about the app. You care about the people that you love and the app helps you connect to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the, the biggest and best apps and programs and whatever, they're all about you connecting with people. Like you're, you're, we're all so wired <coughs> for love and for relationship. That's a song too, Why Can I? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I probably can't say anything about love. That's not a song. You know what I mean? But... What, what I've found is, and I'm sure you guys have found this too, and it also it's in every single movie plot ever. Like even ones about war and death and stuff, there's usually some sort of girl and some guy in there that fall in love. <laughs> and it kind of, the movie doesn't kind of feel complete until it, that does, that's there, you know what I mean? And every single TV show as well. Like it might start off with some supernatural teenager that turns into a wolf, but then like episode two, like Teen Wolf, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Kane loves that show. Um, um, but 
I guarantee you, within like a couple episodes, there'll be some girl introduced and then next minute they're in love and it's just like, oh wait, they're not in love, but now they are in love and this guy's come in and then it's this whole drama and it's just like, it's just like, you've, we've just, it's in everything, absolutely everything. We've heard so much about it, but I feel like what's happened is we've heard so much about it, it's kind of become a little bit meaningless because if you hear so much about it from so many different perspectives, the, it starts to really water it down. And, and then you can, you can get to a point in the English language where you can say, I love burritos. And that's actually a sentence that people say. And it's like, okay, what do you mean you love burritos? Like, like <laughs> well, you say, if you say, I love burritos, and then you say, I love my wife, and you're using the same word for both, are you saying the exact same thing for both? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it, is there a difference between the two? Because you, could, you can't hear it in English. If you go back and study, um, I think it's in Greek, there's five different versions of love, five different words for love, and it's a lot easier to understand what exactly they're talking about. But we only have one word. And so everything gets put under this huge banner of love, and love ends up being this fluffy, just like, yeah, I really, really like it. It makes me feel good. That's kind of what love ends up being. I love you because you make me feel good. Does that make sense? I love what you do for me. <laughs> I, I love the way your body moves. Like, that, that, those are song lyrics, you know what I mean? It's like, what does that mean that you love the way that person's body moves? <laughs> like, is, you guys get what I'm saying? Like, it's so watered down. It's so just like, what are you even talking about? Like, I'm confused. So, what I want to say is, I want to go back and def redefine love. And for the ultimate purpose that we can walk in love, like that's what I'm, that's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it so I can just tell you some theory about the Bible. I want us to have changed and transformed lives, right? And you're gonna do that when you understand and you see who God is. And by the way, God is love. That's how you understand what love is. And that's a super simplistic sentence right there. It doesn't go, it doesn't take you deep at all. I'll get there. But let's just start with God is love. That's a Bible verse. And love is not God. So if you, if you turn love into God, you worship love, but God must be love. Then you can understand what love is. And then you can actually understand who God is. And you go, once you understand love, you go, oh, he's like that. And then you get overwhelmed because you realize how beautiful love is. And you go, oh, that's what he's like. Holy crap, you're amazing. I never knew that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, so good. So this is like, if, you, if you're writing notes, is anyone writing notes? Oh yeah, Kathy's writing notes. Um, thanks, Kathy. <laughs> um, this is my big idea for tonight. So the love of God is passionately and relentlessly others-centered. Others-centered. The love of God is passionately and relentlessly others-centered. Now you're going to wet for me every time. Okay? No, that's cool. I... Um, Repetition is a good way of teaching, so, you know, I don't mind repeating it. Um, anyone seen Beauty and the Beast recently? Oh, Philly, you did it. Yeah, it was good, hey. I want to go see it now. Yeah, it's really good. And it's cool because I can talk about it without spoiling it because it's actually like a remake. So, because I hate bringing up movies and like end up spoiling it like I did with Batman. Sorry about that if you guys spoiled <laughs> Batman. Um, <laughs> he dies. No, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't know what happens. <laughs> um, no, Beauty and the Beast, right? I was super impressed by this movie. So I have seen it like when I was a kid, the cartoon version and stuff, but the remake's awesome, even better, I reckon. Um, what I loved about it 
was that there was actual genuine love in this movie. And I've almost not seen that in kids movies, in pop culture sort of stuff. Like it's very rare to see genuine love. And what I mean is, and you guys hope, has everyone seen Beauty and the Beast, at least a cartoon? Pascal, yeah? Oh yeah, okay, good. Um, what's really cool is that the Beast at one point gets to this point of his relationship with Belle that he sends her home to be with her dad, even though he wants to be with her, but he knows the best thing for her is for her to go and be with her village and her dad. So he loses something for her to gain something. And I saw that and like God was just smashing me with revelation. He always does in movies. It's crazy. I love it. But like, he was just like, like he was just, he was just downloading to me what his character, his love in that movie. And I was like, this is awesome. And do you guys get that? Like usually love and the romance and the, the guy and the girl, they end up, it's, it's all this fluffy, like romantic hype thing. The beautiful girl, they meet eyes and they eventually start being together and then something bad happens and they figure it out and they kiss at the end and it's like happily ever after, right? And it's like, where is the, where is the sacrifice? Where is the hurt behind that? Where is like the length that you would go to to make sure that that other person would be okay? So that's why I like Beauty and the Beast because he actually, he had to lose something for her to gain something and he chose that rather than fighting to keep her around because he felt good when she was there. Does that make sense? So the two are opposite. One's love, one's selfishness. And selfishness and self-centeredness is the opposite of love. Like it says 1 Corinthians 13, right? 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. And the middle of 1 Corinthians 13 says love is not self-seeking. Like that, I, I personally believe that's the absolute core of who God is. Not self-seeking. And we love people when we actually meet them in real life that are not self-seeking. Everyone does. Everyone does. You, nev you never have to teach a kid to love someone that's not self-seeking they'll know it they'll go that person was so nice to me they, they said this beautiful thing to me they didn't even they didn't even give me a reason why they just did well they bought me this thing and they just walked off because they cared about me and it's, it takes people back actually because we're so not used to it sometimes we see people like coming at uh, coming at us with an agenda like a business relationship i'll give you this but you got to give me this back and that's usually how things work but love goes i'm going to give you this the end <laughs> It's, it's like one-sided. It doesn't, it doesn't care about your response. It cares that you get blessed by what it gave you. Does that make sense? And God is like that. Anyone here believe that? Yeah. He sent his son with no warning, no announcement, and no one understood it even after Jesus had raised from the dead. And he didn't go, guys, are you serious? Didn't you just see what I just did for you? Are you kidding me? My son was just crucified and you, you can't even, oh, you don't even get it. You don't even get it. You know what? Screw it. I'm out of here. <laughs> he wasn't like that. Jesus rose from the dead. His disciples go to him, Hey, Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're thinking natural. They're thinking, Hey, when are we going to get our city back? Jesus is like, I've got so much more for you than that. You don't even get half of what's going on right now. <laughs> Legit. But that didn't stop him because he's not motivated by their reaction, their response to him. That, that made him feel like he did a good job. You know what I mean? We're like that. We start serving at church and if no one says thank you, we get all bitter. Oh, I've been serving here for years. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. It's not love. That's actually like self-motivation, self-defense, self-justification or revolving around self that you would be okay. Anyway, I've jumped ahead of myself. Um, all right, point number one. 
Um, creation is love. It might sound like a weird point number one, but I'll explain what it means in a second. So I'm just going to tell a story of love and what it's looked like throughout the history of the world. So creation is love. So if God is love, then the very core of who he is is someone who doesn't consider himself someone who has needs to be met by other people, which is what we do when we sin, right? That means that he must never think about himself as if you do this to me, then I'll do this for you. He must think about himself as I love you. I bless you. I hope you have an amazing day. That must be who he is if he is love, right? If he's not like that, then I can, and I, I feel like I can kind of do that in my life. I feel like I'm better than his version of love. So that he must be like that and then infinitely more. Do you know what I mean? So you'll see this in the Trinity. So there's three people in, in, in the Godhead. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Father, he blesses the Son. And God the Son, he talks about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he talks about the Son. But none of them ever talk about themselves. They glorify each other. And at the end, they just build each other up. You know what I mean? Actually, yeah, this is cool. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Um, I, remember, I remember seeing this picture. It was just a really simplistic picture. But it was, it was, um, one was a picture of heaven and one was a picture of hell that this artist had just drawn up. And the picture of hell was this long table and everyone was sitting at their seats. It was like a dinner kind of table and they all had food in front of them, but they had this huge cutlery on their hands, like a knife that came all the way out to here, then a fork that came all the way out to here, like huge, right? And they would try and eat the food, but it was too big for them to actually cut it up and put it in their mouth. Like it was just way too big and they're all just miserable because of it. And then the other picture was heaven. It was the exact same um, image that, and, and they also had the cutlery on their hands and their arms, but they were cutting the other person's food across the plate and feeding it to them. And I was like, that's beautiful. That actually is the difference as well. No love, love. Selfishness, oh, I can't get my way. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then this person goes, oh, on this side, it's, I'll help you. I love you. I'll serve you. Here, you eat. And this person goes, hey, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Here, you eat. <laughs> Building each other up. Jesus. All right. So creation is love. So if God is love and the absolute core and center of who he is, is love, that must mean that everything and anything that he has ever done has been for the purpose and the motivation for helping and serving and loving other people or someone else within himself. <laughs> that makes sense. Never motivated by what he can get from it. Does that make sense? So that must mean even when he created the world, that there was this selflessness to it. And you might think, oh, why did, like, you, I've got a crap life. I've got this, I've got that. Why would God create me? Why did he do that, right? Why did he create me in the first place? He created you out of love because God is a sharer. He wanted to share his goodness. He wanted to share his glory with people. That's his heart. That's his motivation. You go, but my life sucks. How could he allow me, allow me to be born? How could he allow this? How could he allow that? Don't confuse what's happened since then with his original intention as a good loving father who just wants to spoil his kids with goodness and, and glory and joy and everything. You guys know what I'm saying? He had infinite goodness and greatness within himself. And so it would make no sense for him to be loved and not want to share that. That's what love does. Love shares. Love gets its joy from, hey, I'll give you some of my chocolate. It actually brings me more joy for you to have that and for me to have it all to myself. 
That's where love finds its joy. And so as God created, his heart, his motivation, his pleasure came from, I'm going to have these kids one day and they're going to so enjoy me and I'm just going to enjoy them and they're going to enjoy me and and it's just going to go on and on forever. That's his heart. That's his motivation. Purely selfless. All right. Jesus. Um, Selfless, genuine love originated and finds its root in the heart of God. He is others-centered and only moves from love and therefore even creation must have been an act of selflessness, right? He created in order to share his goodness. That's why he made us. And we were created in his image to reflect that love. So if we were created, if God is love and we were created in his image, that must mean that we were created to love. Like our original design must have been to never look at yourself and go, oh my gosh, I'm so unhappy. I'm so this, I'm so that. I'm so unfulfilled. I'm so self-conscious. I'm so much better than you. You're pathetic. You hurt me. How could you do that to me? To never speak like that, to never think like that. Like that love doesn't speak like that. Love never speaks like that. Love, love doesn't carry offense. Love's not hurt by anyone. Doesn't keep any record of wrongs. It's not rude. It's not impatient. It's 1 Corinthians 13. All the things that love is not. And if love's not like that, then you're not supposed to be like that either. And I don't mean that in a pressure way, like, come on guys, get your act together. But like, think about it like that. I was created to love. I was created to never think about, oh, I'm having such a bad day. Oh, I find that person would be nicer to me. Oh, give me a break. I've already got so much on my plate. See how it's just self? Just revolves around self and just you not being all right? Does that make sense? Jesus. So if that's what we were created for, and that's what we were created to do the rest of our lives, then like, first of all, what happened? Second of all, why do we still struggle with it? And third of all, what do we, what do, we do if we're still struggling with that, right? Because everyone wants to be that person that doesn't actually think about themselves, but we find it so easy to be trapped in that, right? Like I do. Like you just, you, you can have the most loving, selfless day ever, just loving other people, and then wake up the next day and just feel like completely off, completely all about you and your day and how's it going and you know what I mean? All right, so what happened was, this is point number two. The fall is the loss of love, among many other things. I'm not just saying it's just love, but the fall is the loss of love. So, at the fall, right, Adam and Eve are in the garden. One simple command. I've spoken about this so many times, but let's just keep talking about it because it's good. One simple command. Eat of everything. Everything. Just don't touch that tree right? And that tree had to be there to allow free will, to allow joy, to allow obedience, to allow God to be king. You know, all, that's why the tree had to be there, right? They had one rule. Anyone could have done it. Anyone could have broken it, but anyone could have kept it as well. They took, they took the apple, or not the apple, but the fruit from the tree, following Satan, submitting to him, and then in so doing, what happens? A ton of stuff, right? Bad stuff, <laughs> But one of the main things I want to point out right now is that they knew that they were naked. They, they immediately became aware that they, something was wrong with them. I'm shamed. I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated. What, why did you do that? Why did you give me that fruit? Why did you take it in the first place? And they start accusing each other. 
and all of a sudden self is born. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they were still selves, I guess, before that, but they weren't self-centric people by nature before that. They were others-centric people by nature before that. They were created to multiply, subdue the earth, fill the earth, right? Let the earth look like the glory of God, like it did in the garden. Fill it, make it, like, make it look like that, right? And then almost straight away, sin enters and then people become aware that they're not okay. See, and they were already in the image of God. And Satan goes, take this fruit and you'll be like, you'll be like God. But they were already like him. You know what I mean? They were made in his image. They already had everything. They were, they were made in the image of love. You guys know in just like in movies, like I can't think of a particular movie, but like someone will say, you know what? Everything I have is right here with me. And they're just like sitting with their family. And people have this like moment, like it's like this epiphany and they just go, you know what? Screw everything else in the world, all the money, all the everything, everything I need, everything I have is right here with me. And it's like, that's, that's actually really cool. I like that. That's actually true. Like, cause the people and the love and the relationships, it's really all that matters at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of your life, you're not gonna look back and go, I wish I made more money. Like everyone strives for that when they're here, but no one on the deathbed's like, man, if I only had an extra 100K right now, that'd be sick. <laughs> no one's doing that. You know what I mean? But people are like, man, I wish I was better dad. I wish I'd love my wife better. You know what I mean? People say that stuff. I wish I was more, actually, I think the number one regret on, on people's deathbeds is I wish I was more true to myself. How crazy is that? That we can lie to ourselves our whole life. That could be our number one regret. That's crazy. Anyway. Um, so, in the fall, we threw love away and became aware of our own needs. Self-defense and self-justification was born that day. Self-defense, right? So, like, they start, like, God comes up, God comes in and says, Adam, where are you? And he goes, did you eat from the fruit? And he goes, the woman you gave me. The woman you gave me. Accuse, accuse, I'm okay. <laughs> Her fault, technically your fault. I just, I just went along with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Self-defense, self-justification. Hey, don't blame me. I'm fine. I, and even though he was not okay with being naked, he was ashamed, but he didn't want to be blamed either. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a bitter thing, the self, <laughs> when it, in its natural state. Without Jesus being, being born again with the Spirit of God living inside of you, it's a bitter thing. It'll accuse other people while defending itself, while hating itself. It's a weird thing. Like you can, you can hate your own life and your own body and your own self and everything, and then someone says something bad about you and you don't agree with it, you take super offense to it. You're like, oh my gosh, but you said that thing about yourself 10 minutes ago when you're in front of the mirror. It's a weird thing. Like, it's just not cool. Like on, on, on all sides, it's bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, what else did I say? Self-focus and self-consciousness was born too. When people say, oh, I'm just having a self-conscious kind of day. What does that mean? Like, well, I'm just feeling insecure about how I look, how I feel, how people are looking at me, how I feel like how, how I'm being treated. And that, that cycle, you can't, you can't break out of it. I'm telling you right now, you can't break out of it by more of that stuff. You have to actually go, you know what? Who cares what people think of me, right? God loves me. He thinks I'm beautiful. 
Alright. Jesus. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what happened was thoughts began to revolve around the self like they were never intended to. Do you get that? Like, really hear me when I say never. They were never intended to enter into your mind ever. And every single person in this room, including myself, has faced them. Those self-conscious, self-aware, self-justifying, self-defending thoughts. They were never intended to be there in the first place. God doesn't have them in his mind. So therefore, if you're made in his image, they're not, they're not supposed to be in yours. And our reality is they are. So what are we, what are we going to do about it? That's, <laughs> that's a good question to ask, right? <laughs> I'm getting there. All right. I just got energy right now. Holy Spirit, it's just like, yeah, preach it, son. All right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so <laughs> technically and theologically speaking, we still struggle with this today because every single human born, even your own children, they're going to be born into the line of Adam. So they're going to be born and made after the image of Adam and a Adam was ashamed and humiliated and embarrassed and aware of his self, right? That's why you need to get born again. That's what Jesus says because everyone's going to be born into Adam Jesus goes, okay, you can follow me, but you must be born again. And that's why baptism means you've got to die. <laughs> you can't get born again unless you die. But once you do die, then you can be born again and you can start living a new life in Jesus, Romans 6. All right. Now, that is not to say that we are incapable of love in our natural state. So kids, when they're born, they, are, they can be pretty selfish. They can bite, scream, like complain, fight run away, <laughs> cry out of embarrassment. You know when kids run away and hide? Usually they've done something wrong, right? It's natural, you don't have to teach a kid that. They know how to do that. They know when their dad says, don't touch this, and they go and touch it and they break it, where do they go? They run. <laughs> they run and they hide. I did that when I was a kid, I remember doing it. No one taught me how to do it. No one goes, Nath, when you disobey your dad, it's actually a really embarrassing thing to do, and you don't wanna get punished, so just run. Little Nath just knew <laughs> that was a bad thing, all right? I just ran and I hid. And then when I was finally caught, I would make excuses. Self-defense, self-justification. <laughs> it was Kenan's fault. <laughs> and then you know what Kenan said? It was Nathan's fault. Nath started it. No, Kenan started it. He punched me first. No, he punched me first. <laughs> and, and no one goes, actually, Dad, you know what? I actually started it. Like last time he started it, I'm going to be honest with you, I started this one. <laughs> no kid does that, even if that's true. You know what I mean? Because no one wants to get in trouble, no one wants to feel like they're not okay, but everyone still is not okay with themselves. <laughs> it's a weird world, isn't it? It's so weird. <sighs> Alright, I'll say it. Um, I was just thinking this week how weird this world is, and I was like, imagine if you're trying to explain life to like an alien. Like... It would just make no sense, but we just receive it like it's just normal. Like when you get sick, like fluids come out of holes in your body. Like if you just think about that for like a minute, you just realize that is messed up. And we just go, oh yeah, just blow your nose. It's like, what? Like your body's like, just, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so weird, I know. But like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes we just accept reality as it is. Like it's just normal. But life is like crazy. Tonight it's okay to think about that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, think about, this is actually really, why do we do this? Like, where did this come from? How did this get to this place? Like, 
why are there mosquitoes? Like, I'm just confused. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, sorry, off track. Um, comic relief, that, that comment. Um, Jesus. Okay. And you know what? Kids are like that, right? Kids fight and they do all that stuff. That actually doesn't change as you grow up and you mature. Like you do mature, but the main thing you learn, honestly, is how to hide that stuff. <laughs> like you learn to put on the face of an okay human being and show up to work every day with a smile and say, yeah, man, my weekend was great. How about yours? Yeah, it was great. Sweet. Have a great day. You too. And inside, like both could have been just crying themselves to sleep that like the night before. Do you know what I mean? Like, but there's, there's this like, there's this mask we have to wear each day. It's so strange. And then like, this is just something I've noticed as well. Like everyone's really cool to each other's faces. Like everyone's just like, especially in the work environment where everyone, it's like they're forced to be in that environment together. They're not really friends, but they can become friends, but they're not originally friends, right? Um, they're forced to be there. Everyone's nice to each other. They speak lovely things to each other. And then like behind closed doors, almost everyone talks about everyone else behind their backs. And then, and then you have this one day, you have this epiphany one day, hang on, people could be chatting about me behind my back and I don't know about it. <laughs> and then you realize that this whole, like everyone being nice to each other, it doesn't really go that deep. Like it's just kind of a polite thing to do. You know what I mean? I, I had this like, I don't know, it was just funny, just little five second thing like the other week. I was just chatting to someone at work and they misheard what I said. And it kind of sounded like if you did mishear what I was saying, that it was like I was accusing them of something. And then as soon as that happened, they switched personality completely. And was like, hey, I didn't say that. I, I didn't even do that. What are you talking about? That was like that. And I was like, no, dude, I didn't say that. I said this. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, oh yeah, just basically just da -da -da, and just back to normal again. And I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Like that was like, is that, is that the real thing? You know what I mean? Like, or is it, or is what we normally do, is that real? You know what I mean? But like when, when, like when everything's cool and everything's sweet and everything's like placid and whatever, we're fine. And we can put on a smiley face and we can be okay. But when something goes wrong or a coworker does something to annoy you or like your boss is just giving you, piling you up work, like then the real stuff starts coming out and go, oh, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? And then we start, at, we've learned to hide it. We've learned to mask it and suppress it and push it down. Kids just go, and they just like cry. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't know how to hide it. <laughs> they just cry and complain and pull on mom's arm and say, mom, I want this, give me this. And they cry and they don't get it. Adults go just and then walk away. Because we've learned in a society, it's not okay if you just start screaming in the middle of a shopping center when you don't get a donut. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We've learned that, okay? <laughs> that was me when I was a kid, 100%. Anyway. Um, I'll give you another example of how we've learned to hide it, but we actually mask it with language that seems we're doing, it seems like we're doing the right thing. And even you can convince yourself that you're doing the right thing, but deep down, you're motivated by yourself. So example number two, right? Pursuing a relationship, let's say a guy pursuing a girl, girl pursuing a guy, whatever, because of the status that it gives you, oh, I don't want to be single anymore. I finally just want to be in a relationship. I'm so over being single. And so you turn that person into something that they can give you. And now that singleness status is gone and you feel okay. But if they ever leave you, you will be, you will hate them. You know what I mean? That, that means that technically they were never anything really to you. They just did something for you so that you would be okay. You know what I mean? All right. 
pursuing a relationship for the, for the status it gives you, the benefits it gives you, and how it makes you feel. So I feel secure about who I am when I'm with them because they say beautiful things about me. When they don't say things about me, I start to worry and think, am I beautiful? Do they love me at all? You know what I mean? And all the thoughts, they seem to just, they just travel around you and what that, what that relationship is doing for you. And someone goes, how's your relationship going? You go, oh, not good, we've been fighting. And he's just been saying really mean things to me and da 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 And the, all, the language is just like, he's not being what I thought he was gonna be for me or she's not living up to the standard that I want her to live up to. And it's like, oh, hang on a second, when did this become all about you getting what you wanted out of the relationship? Does that make sense? But on the outside, it looks like a really fun time. <laughs> it looks like a good relationship where she's like, hey, I love you, baby. Like, let's hang out and let's do this and let's do that. And so it's like, it looks okay, but technically in the heart, it's motivated by self, which is evil. Motivation by self is evil and God is not like that at all. It has the appearance of love, but it's actually selfishness under the surface. I want you because you give me certain things. And you watch, like, people who are in relationships probably understand this a bit better, but if you are in a relationship for something out of it, when that thing is taken away, even for just for a moment, you will lash out at that person. Like, way more strongly than you ever thought you could. <laughs> because you actually technically use them as a means to get what you want. They're like an idol to you. Someone said this, I don't know who said this, but some like old Puritan or something. He goes, whatever you idolize, you will also demonize. Whatever you idolize, you will also demonize. So it's something you idolize and you, you go after that thing. When you don't have it, you will demonize whatever took it from you or you'll demonize that thing. Does that make sense? So when a relationship is not going well, you start blaming, blaming, blaming. You focus on all the negatives, all the faults, all the flaws, and you forget everything good that ever happened between you guys. And then relationships start to dwindle down because you're both doing that. You both think that you're right. You're both stuck in this like cycle of just like, but you should be, but you should be. No, you apologize. I'm not apologizing until you say this. And it's just all this, it just takes one person, by the way, in those situations just go, you know what? Like I still am holding to this thing, but you're right. I actually should not have done that. I'm sorry. And then not even do that to try and get a response from someone to go, you know what? Like, I'm not sorry. Imagine if someone said that after you, you know, humbled yourself and said sorry. What, what are you going to do? Because if you're loving them, you won't care. You'll hurt for them. That, 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 that bitterness is going to grab their heart. You'll hurt for them. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I don't want you to, to hold on to this thing. Don't get bitter about it. Don't hold on to this thing. Holding on to things like that makes your heart sour. You need to let stuff go. I'm getting off a tangent here, but you guys know what I'm saying? Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, and that's even like sometimes what people mean when they say, I love you. It actually means I love what you do for me or I love how you make me feel. I love how it makes me look to others. I love the things that you've done for me and the what, you know what I mean? Like I, I love, I love the idea of you. I love the reality of you here, but I don't care about you. Sometimes I love you is actually something like that. Because caring about someone means you sacrifice something for them so that they benefit and you might not. Now I start to get into love. This is good. So we, 
So in the fall, right, we follow the devil. He is the opposite of love. So he is bitter at everyone. He's bitter at everyone and everything and he wants to destroy it all because bitter people want more bitter people around them. Because if, if I'm not happy, then I don't want you to be happy. If something bad's happened to me, then I'm going to make something bad happen to you. If I was raised horrible, I'm going to raise my kids horrible too because why not? And that, and that stuff can even be self-conscious sometimes. Oh, sorry, not self-conscious, subconscious sometimes. You don't even realize that you're doing it. But you're hurting and so you hurt other people. That's what the enemy does. He could care less about the other demons. The, you know what I mean? He cares about destroying you because he's hurt, he's bitter, he's angry, he's being cut off from the source of life who is God. And now he wants to take you down. He's just bitter, angry and hurt. And you can be like that too if you let bitterness dwell in your heart. If you don't forgive people and love people and serve people, bitterness will consume you. And it will slowly just like eat you away. I've seen it happen with people. It's really horrible. We've got to, we've got to live just like with open hands and just be like, I'm holding on to nothing in this life. Like I came with nothing. I'm going to leave with just Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that's all I really need. I'm just going to forgive and love everyone. I'm not saying let everything slide. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't hold on to things in your heart. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. That's a Bible verse. Love keeps no record of wrongs. All the wrongs you've had done in your life, Keep no record of them. Let him go. Otherwise you end up like the devil and you don't want to end up like that. That's the worst thing ever. Um, legit. Um, yeah, I was chatting to someone the other day just about their story with Jesus and they were like, I was just so hurt by this person and that person and, and whatever. But, and for some reason, I don't even know why I did it, but I just started like doing the same thing to other people. And I was like, oh, did you mean to do that? And they were like, they thought about it for a second. They're like, yep, there's actually people I'm thinking of right now. I went out of my way to hurt. I just wanted them to feel pain. That's it. And I was like, well, that's, that's heavy, but I kind of make sense because you were hurting and like you didn't want anyone else to be happy because you're just so negative and bitter alive. You know what I mean? Anyway, let's talk about some good stuff, yeah? <laughs> Um, I had to set the scene for the good stuff to roll in. Um, point number three, Jesus loves and empowers us to become love again. Jesus loves and empowers us to become love again. See, it's not just about like, like feeling love. It's about becoming love. Like Dan Moller does this teaching series on, on YouTube called Becoming Love. It's incredible because that's the goal. That, that was the point of people in the first place, right? Image God. Well, who is God? God is love. So image him, image love to the world, image love to everyone. So becoming love is the point. If you don't, like, it doesn't really matter what you do in this world, like as in career-wise or where you live or who you marry or whatever, it's about becoming love. Just, that's just, oh, it's just so simple. There's, there's, there's two things I can think of in the Bible that are just, just amaze me. They're both basically says basically say the same thing, but people come up to Jesus and they go, what's the most important commandments? And Jesus goes to love God and to love your neighbor. And the whole, the whole prophets and the, the, the law is summed up in these two things. Like if you just loved people and you just loved God, that's it. I don't want anything else. That actually sums up the whole thing. 
It's crazy. You, you, you keep every single law when you keep love. And you, and you only break one law when you break any law. Love. That's it. When you don't treat someone as you want to be treated. That's sin. That's breaking the law. When you treat someone as a means for you to get somewhere, to get something. That's sin. That's breaking the law. The law of love. It's not God. It's not who He is. Jesus. Alright. Here's a, here's a random weird question for you. I thought about this for a while though. I quite like it. Um, what would it look like if like physical, tangible love just like floated in the room? It was just this like ball of just like love and everyone was just like, what, what would that look like? <laughs> I know it's weird. There's a point to it, I promise. <laughs> like, would it just be this ball of energy when we all feel around, when we're all around it, we're just like, oh, it just feels so lovely. And it's just like, I just love you. I love you. You know what I mean? Would it just be like that? Because if you're picturing that in your mind, I promise you, I promise you that is not love because love while it contains feelings is not a feeling because I think sometimes we can actually imagine just like love like an actual thing like it's like a like an energy it's really not it's really rooted in selflessness <laughs> that's really all I want to say tonight love is just selflessness I love you and I'm uh, I will go to the ends of the earth for you. And then Jesus said that and then he proved it. He went beyond the ends of the earth. He went to the to hell. <laughs> he faced he faced the wrath of God so you didn't have to. So Jesus isn't all talk. Sometimes we're a little bit all talk. Yeah, I love you, bro, praying for you, bro. But then just like forget about them. Or like in a conversation with people and you're just thinking about other things, you don't care what they're saying. <laughs> That's all talk. Love is, I want so bad for your life to go well. I am desperate for your life to go well. I just, I hurt when you're hurting. Now we're talking. <laughs> That's what Jesus is like. That's what God is like. Hurting because you're hurting. Not hurting because he's offended. Not hurting because he's upset. You know what I mean? Crying, being upset, being driven to extreme lengths to get you back into a place of vibrant life in Him. So you might read the Bible and go, man, God's so selfish. All He wants is people just to, to, to worship Him and praise Him and glorify Him. So are you kidding? Look at Jesus. Look at what He did. Does that look like a God that's just like, yeah, now, I, I did it all, now praise me. Come on, just, you know. Sing it up louder, louder, louder. Come on. I'm God. <laughs> Seriously, sing louder, guys. <laughs> Praise me. I'm worth it. I I'm worthy, aren't I? Can you even imagine God doing that? That's disgusting. I would not worship a God like that. I honestly would run from a God like that. Seriously, it's just filth. It's seriously. It is. <laughs> I'm calling it filth. It is. It's sin. <laughs> it's so not Him. He's so much better than that. Maybe you don't see him like that right now, but that's okay. 
Because even 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 if you if you read the Bible and you go, actually, I didn't even see that in the Bible, Nate. I'm struggling to understand how you're seeing that in the Word. I see like this angry, wrathful, mean, strong person. Like I don't really like God. Well, that's okay. Like just like just take it easy. Like the enemy's gonna come after you, after your Bible understanding. Do you guys realize that? He's really not okay about you seeing who God is, even as you read the Word. But just keep persevering with it. You'll see his beauty, I promise. And I'm still discovering it. I'm not as if I've, not as if I've found it. Like, anyway. Um, and ask the Holy Spirit before you start reading. Oh, 100%. percent ask a question on that? Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I've been doing that personally, like, trying to get in the awe of God, you know what I mean? Trying to yeah. feel like I need to love more. Because, like, I struggle with that personally. Yeah, like, yeah. I can love you, sort of. Yeah. But it's not from a compassionate, like, I can love you if I know you do something for me. You know what I mean? Then, yeah. Yeah. How do I get to that place? I'm like, I'm gonna love you despite what you've done. Yeah. And I actually mean it, like you're saying. Yeah. Not this like, yeah, bro. Like it's a I'm yeah, yeah. dead set. You want to be real. Yeah. Can I know that from? Is it from revelation or is yeah. it just from knowing that he's already done it? Therefore. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> or a bit of both. No, I th- I think it's like literally. I feel like. The more I studied the Bible, the more I realized there's only one thing you need to do and that's pursue and know God. Like that's it. And so my answer would have to be within that realm. So what I would say is the more you pursue and know him, you will actually see in your own life the extent to which he went for you, the love that which he goes through for you, how gentle he is with you, how strong he is with you how all these things that love is, right? How he is that patient with you, like supporting you, cheering you on, like encouraging you, blessing you. When you see all that stuff actually in your life and you go, holy crap, you love me so much. I guarantee you, you will not be able to help but overflow that to other people. You can't stop it. Seriously, you cannot stop it. Once once you understand his love for you, you can't help but share it. It's impossible. You know what I mean? It's just so natural once you see it for him and you know that he shows no favoritism to anyone. So he, so you, you think if he loves me like this and he shows no favoritism to anyone, that means he must love every single other person I see right now exactly the same. And that, that just drives you. You just go, holy crap, you are so important. Like your life is so important. But I understand what you're saying. Like sometimes you get caught up in like just natural worldly thinking and just... You just get caught up in yourself. I just reckon just dwell on his love for you and you, you won't you won't be able to stop going out and telling people about Jesus. Mm. You won't be able to stop like blessing your family or you know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Does that make also, sense? Yeah. Also what it says in James, it's at the end of James chapter one, it's talking about exactly this. It's talking about a person who looks into the commands of God or the war of God, which is love. And he's unable to walk it out. Says it's like a man who looks into a mirror and walks away forgetting what he sees. So you look into the word, which is Jesus. You look into the mirror of Jesus and walk away not realising that's who you are. Mm. It all comes down to identity. You realise that everything that Jesus has done for you makes you exactly like he is and brings you back into his identity. That you're no longer connected to the nature of sin, but you are actually now connected to the nature of love and you're back yeah. in his likeness. 
and you'll naturally walk that out. If you yeah. actually believe it, yeah. then they'll then the works, the fruit from that will happen. Mm. Yeah. That's a good word. Totally. Yeah, I, I I really think like what my my natural heart when I hear this kind of stuff what I want to do is, okay, oh, Nate's saying i got to go love people, right? Because God is love. Okay, how do I do that? How do I love? Love, how, how can I love some people? And I start like doing, and it's re- that's really not the point. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool to have that like push to go, okay, like how can I think like that? But the best thing you can do is just dwell on Jesus. Like it's, it's literally always the answer. It actually blows my mind. It's always the answer. Like pursue him, get to know him, seek him, dwell on him. And guaranteed, the more you do that, and the more you see him for who he really is, you will you will explode in love for other people. Like I had this moment the other week with Amber, we were just like she was just like sharing her heart with some stuff with me, and she was just saying some like I don't know, it wasn't harsh things, but they were like heavy, deep things of life, right? And she was like, Nate, how can I? How can you? How can you just be the way that you are while I'm saying this stuff? Why aren't you hurt? Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you offended? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? And I was like, I had to actually stop and think for a second. And I promise this is not like a boast or anything. I just feel like this is exactly what God does, right? It's a good example. I had to stop and think for a second. I was like, yeah, I actually probably would have been offended back in the day or upset or insecure about things like that. She was just sharing her heart with some stuff, like being honest. And I go, I'm just, honestly, I'm genuinely not. I'm genuinely not offended. I'm genuinely not upset. I'm actually really sad right now, but I'm more sad about this topic and just, I'm sad for you. I'm hurting for this stuff that you're, that you're saying and that you're sharing, you know what I mean? Like it, it legitimately, I'm not lying, I'm not making this up. It legitimately has transformed in my heart from this place of, I hurt because that hurts me. I hurt because I'm offended. I'm, I'm hurt because I'm disappointed, I'm let down to I'm hurting because you're hurting. I promise that's exactly what's happened in our relationship. I'm so thankful. And I didn't try that. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have a sermon on that and go, oh, I'm going to apply those, apply those points to my life. I pursued Jesus the best that I knew how. And then naturally he changed my heart, transformed and pruned me when he needed to. And then there's actually a result. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a real life measurable thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How cool is that? This stuff is actually real. It changes your life. You know, it's not just all talk. We're not just gathering here for someone to speak about some crap that's just, you know, someone made up in a book. You know what I mean? It actually changes your life. And everyone would, would, would think of those two things and go, that's an improvement. That's huge. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's life-changing. You know what I mean? And Jesus did that in me. And that's, you know what I mean? That's oh, it's so cool. And that literally, that is the key. Like I'll get into this at some point. That is the key to all relationships, but especially marriage. Like, what happens when both aren't in the same page? What do you mean? Because John doesn't mind me sharing too late if he does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He'll forgive you. Um, we went through a stage yep. where John was getting what you were saying. Yes. Really, really good, but I wasn't yet. No. But every moment that he was getting it more, I was sinking under. Yeah. So it, it was getting it worse for you. It could have gotten to a point where it could have gotten really, really bad. Yeah. Okay. But I guess, I guess, and then that's where the work of God comes <coughs> to me. Yeah. Okay. But 
I just keep thinking about, I just keep thinking about, well, well, what if there's a relationship that can't cope with that? You know, where's, where are the, where are the feelings that you are meant to have for your spouse? You know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I sort of don't understand that last bit that you said. What you, how, how can a, a marriage partner not cope with love, with perfect love? Like, wouldn't that have made John a better husband? Not if he couldn't understand where I was coming from. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. me dwell on my own. But, but understanding, love will understand. So we'll always love. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a growth process. Yeah, yeah, it's a growth process. Yeah. It almost does a complete flip. Because, because then, because the, the challenge then for you is to love him even in that place. Yeah. Yeah. But Kathy, you're sort of saying that you weren't at that place where John was, mm. and so it would be sort. Of, are you saying that it's like? I was feeling even more lonely. Because he was because, going good. Because he was. <coughs> because I I didn't understand that he was loving me. Yeah, I saw it. him as rejecting me. So it was all a problem within me, not a okay. problem within John. Okay. But I was seeing it as a rejection. Yeah. Because he was coping so well. Ah, I see. Okay. okay. Because he was coping so well and he, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see the goodness in what he was doing. I could okay. only see the trouble in my life. Similar to. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in situations like that, like the only thing I can say, because you're saying, what do you do in that situation, right? Yeah, Is that your overall yeah, question? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I got, we got past it and, uh, and I started God. growing in the understanding. Yeah. <laughs> John doesn't like, um, he just fed his damn molar <laughs> for a long time yeah. until I finally got it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, still, you know, it still just amazes me as to how completely different people can be. Sure, yeah. You know, and how everybody's going to take their own time. Yeah, And John totally. and I got through it and we're really well. But that was after years of knowing each other. Like, wow. I constantly had to say to myself, I know what this guy is like and I love what he wow. is like wow. to be able to survive what we're going through. Wow. You know, I had to say that to myself. I had Whoa. to speak constantly. I know what he's like to get into it. Wow. But, um, that sounds but, super intense. But what if, yeah, what if you don't have that to back you up? I'm just thinking, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, situations like that, like, I feel like the best advice I've ever been given on that was from I mean, a, I don't mean to put you on the spot and give great advice all the time either. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's always felt like, oh, put his pressure on you. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I, whatever's helpful. But, I feel like I've I've gone through a similar thing with me and Amber. Like we're not definitely like not on the same page with lots of different things. But the best advice I've ever been given is um, basically just for me to shut my mouth and to walk out what I'm saying. Seriously, because I, I seriously just talk about this stuff way too much. Like that's why I started teaching that so I could have some like an opportunity to vent to you guys because I just don't get it at home. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but the best advice was for me to just like. Shut up, do it. Do it. Love her, like serve her, like, like manifest what you're saying. Show it to be true. 
and it's been the best thing ever for us. We actually have such a great relationship. We have so much fun together and we genuinely love love each other. You know what I mean? And there's still like differences in, in how we think about God and all these different things, right? And that's okay. Like I can't change anyone's thinking. I can persuade and point people to Jesus, but I can't change anyone. So all I, all I can do is worry about, like not even worry about, but just like think about what I can do as a follower of Jesus. What can I do? And the thing I can do is, is love people and love God. It's the same answer again. And then pray and say, thank you, Jesus, for this person. Thank you for this person. Thank you that this is going to happen. I thank you that you're showing them this. I can't see it right now, but I'm just going to love them anyway because I believe you're doing it and you love them even more than I do and you want them to get it more than even I do. You know what I mean? And then you just go after it like that. And I feel like it's just going to be a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't guarantee anything because people can make their own decisions, but... Yeah. It just comes, it's a full circle. Totally. And it just all comes back. Yeah. And you just repeat that over and over again. Totally. Because you know the decision yeah. you made to know yeah. that God is good. Yeah. And that all things that God wants for us are always going to be good. Yeah. That's so cool. I actually love what you said in that little story just a second ago. You said that John was ma- the things that you and John were going through is making you feel a certain way, but you reminded yourself of who he is is what his character is like yeah. and that got you through it because ex- um, Satan was talking to me so yeah I'm, I'm sure he, he was, was he was because I mentioned <coughs> I shared with Nathan before that we were having problems in so many areas yeah. that my, the first thing that popped into my head while I was thinking about this is oh it's going to affect my marriage because my marriage up to then had been absolutely solid rock whoa really really good yeah and and of course the minute I said it started to feel it yeah you know and that's why i i kind of knew even though i sure. wasn't feeling it I, but that's yeah why, yeah so cool well praise yeah. god that like good stuff's happened that you guys got through that and oh it was it was never very long and john is probably sitting there going when did this happen <laughs> <laughs> but it was important to you it was a big deal for you so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good all right okay <laughs> let's keep moving um almost finished all right so you know i said what, what, would, what would it look like if love just like came into the room like it was this big ball all right that can't happen okay that cannot happen because love is not something that is like that you know what i mean like energy can probably do that <laughs> Maybe happiness could even do that. Like we would all just get happy for all of a sudden, but you can't get love in like a feeling like that. So what it would look like for love to walk into a room like that is exactly what you see with Jesus on the cross. So love manifest is Jesus, sorry, is God's son dying on a cross. Love manifested. So when it, when it becomes not just a, a concept, not just an idea, but when it manifests itself, the highest, highest peak, the deepest part of it, the absolute center of it is the Son of God dying for those who don't even want Him. That's as deep as love can ever get. That's as wide as it can ever go. That's the maximum point. When the Son of God goes... Yep, they hate me and they're going to kill me, but I'm going to die for them anyway. That is love. (laughs) It's so free. See how free Jesus was? 
He's so, I care about you. And when he was being taken to the cross, spat on, after just being whipped beyond anything, right? Taken to the cross, carrying his cross with a crown of thorns on his head, covered in blood, stripped naked in front of all his friends and family, all, and all his disciples abandoned him. Think about all those things going on, right? If, if one of those things happened to us, that'd be a really bad day. He had all of them happen, right? He's walking to the cross. They're spitting on him. They're mocking him, saying, come down, son of God. Yeah, right, son of God. Mocking him. And what does he do? Father, can you please forgive them? They have no idea what they're doing. That is freedom. He is so free from what's happening to him right now. Although he'd be in extreme, immense pain. And what does he care about? Them. Them. Who are, who's them? His enemies that he ministered to and loved and they saw miracles for over three years. He ministered to them, loved them, had conversations with them when he could have just walked away. They, and, and they got him killed. See, like the enemy, like even if you love people perfectly, you, it may end up bad for you. But that's okay because love frees you from that. Because you're no longer a person walking around with the, all these needs to be met these checkboxes that one day when in the future when I get married, when I have this house, when I have this job, when I finally get to this place, I can finally move out, I can finally do this thing, then I'll be okay. You can, find, you can actually just throw that checklist away and you can be okay today because the Spirit of God lives in you and He fulfills every single part of your heart that cries out for something. Because you are someone who has needs, right? You are. Like you, you, have, you need to breathe. You need people, you need relationships, you need love. And God gives you all of that stuff. Everything. Every single need that you have, God will give to you. He meets them all. But if you try and find it elsewhere, it's going to go bad for you. Because that thing, whatever you find it with, is not going to be able to connect with your heart in a way that's going to actually measure up. And then you'll demonize that thing and then things will spiral out of control and sin's horrible and people die. Seriously. Jesus. All right. Um, almost done. <clears throat> okay. So... You know, when, when in, the, in, the ministry, in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus keeps butting head with the Pharisees, right? Okay, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the teachers of the law and all those sort of guys, right? Okay, this is what's funny about that because I've, I've thought about this for many years now, right? They are Bible teachers. They have scripture memorized. They probably speak it out loud every single day. <coughs> they have doctrine. They have classes. They've been trained in, by people. They've had all these things about about scripture, right? About the word of God. Because it is, it is the word of God, right? They, they knew, they memorized, they read, they obeyed the word of God. And yet they were the complete opposite to Jesus and the ones who actually ended up killing him. How funny is that? Because on, on the outside, it looks like you've got two Bible teachers coming at each other, right? Jesus is one, Pharisees and whoever else are the others, right? So what exactly is the difference between the Pharisees and Jesus? You guys ever thought about that? Because it is apparent, you can read how they think and how they speak and you go, yeah, they're not cool, I don't like them, but why don't you like them? And what I want to say is, is that they didn't get that love summed up the whole law. And so they followed the whole law. They followed, don't do this on Sunday, don't say, say this and don't walk over, walk over a grave, don't eat this animal, sacrifice this, teach this, go here, do this, tick all the boxes off, right? They did all of that. And Jesus goes, you missed everything. 
You missed the whole point. The whole law was summed up in love God and love your neighbor. And you missed everything. And therefore, your heart is dirty. That's what he says to them. He goes, you're, you're clean on the outside. You're a whitewashed tomb. The tomb looks amazing on the outside. Like it's, it's a whitewashed tomb, like beautiful, like architectured, beautiful tomb, right? You go on the inside. What's on the inside? A rotting corpse, bones. He goes, that's what you're like. Because <laughs> they didn't love. They didn't, they didn't get, they thought they got God, but they didn't get God. <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. Um, Jesus goes, and then he says this, I think it's in Luke uh, 14, I don't know, something like that. Luke goes, oh, sorry, Jesus goes, Pharisees, <laughs> he goes, you're dirty on the outside. Um, sorry, you're dirty on the inside and clean on the outside. If you want to be clean on the inside, do you know what he says to them? He goes, give gifts to the poor. And that really blew my mind for a, for a second. There. I was like, why did he pick that thing as the one thing that's going to clean them on the inside? But apparently giving gifts to the poor, like letting them, like imagine if they went and did that. They actually went and gave gifts to the poor. Maybe Jesus was leading them into a place of love and what it would look like to actually selflessly give something so you deny yourself and they get something. And he goes, that's what cleans your insides. Like literally, like he goes, you're dirty on the inside. You want to be clean? Give gifts to the poor. Serve other people. Love other people. It cleans you out. How crazy is that? You can be dirty if you don't love. It cleans you out. It's crazy. Anyway. Um, okay. I've written all these random notes at the end here. I'm going to try and tie them all together. But um, anyway, so... You could be in a relationship, right? With someone else, a guy and a girl, right? Married. You could be in a relationship and always have in the back of your mind this thought that, it, that is, I wonder if they actually love me. I wonder if they actually love me, right? I wonder how far they would actually go for me. Do they, do they really love me or are they just like being with me? Do they really love me or are they just like sleeping with me? Do they really love me or do they just think I'm beautiful? You know what I mean? Like those thoughts can be in your head. Like it's quite natural for them to be in your head, right? <clears throat> it's really funny because like me and Amber have had this joke in our whole relationship that's like, she goes, <laughs> I don't remember how this all started. It's pretty crazy. But she goes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she, part of her thinks I'm a serial killer because I'm so nice to her. So weird. She goes, there's no way you can be this nice to me. There's no way you can be so lovely to me. You must, like 0.02% of me thinks that you're a serial killer. That one day you're just going to turn on me and just like kill me. Like, oh my God, what? Are you serious? But that, that's fueled by that thought of just like, I'm not worthy to be loved. Because my love for her was so overwhelming that she had to think of another excuse. It couldn't be that she was worthy of it. Does that make sense? He must have some, some other motive. He must just want to just kill me one day. <laughs> like, I don't know, crazy plan to do that. But like, it's just a joke anyway. But like, you get, you, you get, you get the point. She doesn't actually think I'm a serial killer. But... At least she hopes you're not. Yeah. What if I am? <laughs> um, 
But what I want to say is this, right? We're in a relationship just like this with Jesus. Like it's the exact same. Marriage is supposed to point you to how God deals with his people. That's the point. Like marriage is not an end in itself. Marriage is actually a means to an end. The end is what God looks like with his people. So the most beautiful, loving, selfless, amazing marriage you've ever seen in your life is a slight, faint shadow of what God's love looks like for his wife, which is his church, right? So we're in a relationship just like this with Jesus, right? And apparently he thinks we're worth his blood. So if you're wondering, does he really love me? Does he really care about me? Like how far would he actually go for me? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to think about that anymore because he's already spoken, he's already moved, he's already acted. He already shed his blood intentionally before you even asked him to do that. Before you even realized there was a problem, he already gave you the solution. He's so far ahead of you. He's so far beyond how you can even think. His love moved as soon as it could in order to serve, serve you, bless you, build you up and give you an amazing life because he loves you because you're his bride. And that's what good grooms do, right? Good husbands do. They love their wives like Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave himself for her. That's why marriage vows are incredible. I give you me. You can have me. My whole self, it's yours. My whole life, I will serve you. I will love you until death do us part. Mm. I will love you forever. And you know what's beautiful, beautiful about that? Is that usually love works in, in the world, works in quite a contract kind of basis. Like in kind of a de facto relationship, it's like, you stay with me, I'll stay with you. You perform, I'll stay with you. You keep me sexually pleased, I'll stay with you. You do this, I'll stay with you. You know, it's a contract kind of thing, right? And as soon as you take those things away from me, I'm late, I'm out of here, I'm done. But marriage goes, I will love you. I love you right now, but I will also love you in the future, which is mysterious to me. I have no idea what's coming, but it doesn't matter. Cause I'm just gonna love you anyway. Does that make sense? You're, you're actually promising, <laughs> you're promising something that you can't even guarantee, as in you, you don't even know what the future is gonna look like, but you're just gonna do it anyway. I love you no matter what, you can't, get, you can't escape from my love. And if humans can do that, you better believe God is exactly like that. I love you no matter what. There's nothing you can do to earn his love more, there's nothing you can do that's gonna make him love you less. You are loved right now, forever, the maximum you could ever believe, that you could ever understand or ever even enter into, right now. So when God says to love, yeah. he's saying love the way I love. Absolutely. Everything else is not love. In every, every word in the Bible, yeah. when he uses the word love, yeah. he's saying to love like Yeah, well, that's the thing. It uses a few different words in, in the Bible for love. And so I think they do mean different things. There's like agape love and there's like phileo love and stuff like that. I don't know what they all mean. I can't remember. But like they do mean different things. There is like a father and love kind of, a father and son kind of love. Then there's like John three sixteen, God so loved the world. So the love he has for his son is different to how he loves the world, but he still loves them both, but it is different. But anyway, the point is that love is like selfless. Like when, when you were pregnant with Jason, right? Your first child, there is like, I'm sure, I didn't know you back then, but I'm sure that no matter how he came out or if it was a girl or whatever, you would have loved them no matter what, right? Because, and you didn't even know them and they provided no benefit for you whatsoever. You know what I mean? In fact, you don't even get back from him even now. Like he's not even doing anything now to benefit you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
I'm kidding. But like best case scenario, they start giving something back to you at like 18. <laughs> 19. You know what I mean? Best case scenario, right? Like. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. But like, before that, he's fully relying on you. He's fully under your like under your house, under your. You got to provide for him. It's it's a pain. That's a burden. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't get anything from that, but you love him. And it just doesn't, didn't matter how he came out. It just it doesn't matter at all. That's what love is. Love is future. You know what I mean? I just love you. It doesn't matter who who you are, what you've done. I'm just I'm for you. I'm so for you. You know what I mean? And every good parent would be like that. So of course God's like that. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> you just forget about it, hey? I forget about it all the time. Wow, you actually love me. Like, because I know the love I feel for my wife. Like, it is powerful and it is strong. It runs so deep in my heart. I can't even express it. It's so deep. And, that, and God goes to me, Nath, that's just a tiny fraction of the love I have for you. Like, what even, how do I even comprehend what you've just said to me in those moments? I can't. I just cry. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know how much you love me, but I just know you do. And he loves everyone like that. He shows no favoritism. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's so for you. He's so excited for you. Every good parent is excited for their child with whatever they're into. Whether it's hockey or it's violin or catching fish or exploring forests, who cares? Parents get excited about their kids. You know, good parents do, you know what I mean? He's excited about you, he loves you. You're his joy. You're his joy. He takes so much joy in you. Jesus. Uh, I was going to tell two last stories and we're done. Sorry, I couldn't bit over time. Um, a friend of mine got dumped a few years ago and he's someone I've been like trying to minister to for years, like telling about Jesus and stuff. And then he's with this girl and they en ended up breaking up and it sucked, right? But what, what, was, what was funny is that like part of me was kind of happy because I was like, oh, now I get this opportunity to maybe talk about Jesus, right? Which is like, the motive behind it of sharing Jesus with him is good, but like I didn't consider him or his feelings or where he was at, right? So he was messaging me and he goes, I just feel like I built my life on this, on this really shaky foundation and now it's washed away. I don't know who I am. And he said that to me and I was like, I've heard 5,000 sermons talking about how people do that. And then a storm comes and it washes their life away. In fact, Jesus told us a parable on the exact same thing. And I got so excited that he said something that was like so like biblical. I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started telling him about like the, the, the parable that Jesus said, where you're going to build your house on the rock, not in the sand, otherwise the storm's going to come and wash it away and whatever. And then I was like, like, what do you think about that? Like, that's what Jesus said. Like, and that's what, that's what you're going through. Like, don't you reckon that means something to you? And da, da, da. I was like typing all this stuff to him. And then he was like, oh yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, cool. See you. Bye. And I, like that was just kind of end the conversation. And I was like, I was just remembering that today, actually. And I was like, man, I totally did not love him in that. Do you know what I mean? Like I did the holy thing, the righteous thing of like, I was inverted commas, holy, right? It wasn't actually holy, righteous. I, I ticked the Christian box. <laughs> I was like, there's a sermon. I know the answer. Here's the, here's the answer. 
go ahead. Your life is now fixed. Thank me later. I didn't go, Where, where's his heart at right now? How's he feeling? What's, what's going through his head? Like that's what love does. Love thinks about those little details when people are really in a different, in a place, you know what I mean? At all times, love thinking, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? How can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I bless you? What's the best thing I can say right now to build you up? And it's not always gentle, lovey-dovey, kind words. Sometimes it's harsh, strong, direct, fierce, but it's actually going to be the most helpful thing for you. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, 1 John 3.16. You guys know John 3.16, right? God's the love of the world. This is 1 John 3.16. It's just as good. By this, we know love. By this. So whatever this is, that's how we know love, right? By this, we know love. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. By this, we know love. The only way you can ever know love is if you, if you dwell on Jesus and what he did for you. Because that is the manifestation of perfect, endless, relentless, passionate, selfless, others-centered love. That's the manifestation of it. You can see a physical example of it. An actual life lived, not just a concept. Someone lived it out perfectly. And that's love. By this, you know what love is. And what did that look like? He laid down his life for us. So he lost something so you would gain something. He actually had to give up something so you would benefit. See, that is love. You cared about the other person so much that you went through pain and they didn't even know what you were doing, but you didn't care because you loved them and you wanted them to benefit. Do we do that? Do we do that in this community? Do I do that a teaching night for you guys? Do I lay down myself so you guys can benefit? I hope I do. I try to. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you chat to me one-on-one, -on -one, am, am I selfless like that? Do I actually listen to you or am I not present? Do I care about you? Because I want the answer to be yes, but I'm afraid it's probably not all the time. My mind wanders. I think about myself. I wonder what I can say, what Jesus' answer I can give. Do I really care about you? Do I really listen? And, and if everyone's feeling convicted right now that we need to love more, good. Like that's, I, wanna be, I want that to be a conviction I have the rest of my life. I need to love more. Well, how do you know love? By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Dwell on Jesus, dwell on the cross, dwell on what he did for you. The extent to which he went. Just think about, think about what he was thinking as he went through to the cross. And then you'll get what love thinks like. Because Jesus would have been thinking about you. You know what I mean? He wasn't focused on the big trial in front of him. Or oh, my life feels so heavy right now. Or I can't believe what's going on. God's forsaken me. Where is he? Where is God? What's going on? He's like, I can't wait to chat with Nath one day. Can't wait to chat with Keenan one day. Johnny. Can't wait to put my spirit inside of them and just live life with them. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, last little story, then I'm done. I promise. I promise. This is the last line. I promise. Um, this just like, this just really hit me today. It's such a little random story, but like a few years ago, when me and Amber were first dating, um, it was like four years ago or something, I was just hanging at her house and she got, we were just sitting on the couch and she got her phone out 
and she downloaded this game that she'd found on like the app store or something and she was showing me it and it was like this like little dot game you had to like connect the dot I don't know some little funny game like that and um, she was showing it to me but she, she brought it out so she could show me how cool this game was and how beautiful aesthetically designed it was and all this sort of stuff and I remember because I've had like bad um, seasons in my life with video games so I was really negative towards all games at that point I was just like really shut off them and I, I remember I kind of shut her down when I did that I was like oh yeah it's just a little game don't waste your time with that I was just I, I think I was just rude I think I was just I was just I wasn't nice I wasn't considering her feelings and I wasn't being a gentleman and um, later on she was like it really just sucked that you said that because all I really wanted to do was just show you that game and like I just I just love how beautiful it's designed it was just really fun and then I was thinking, for some reason, the Holy Spirit brought that up to me today and was like, remember that, how that happened? And I was like, man, that sucks that I did that. Like she was just being so pure hearted and so just genuine and she just wanted to share something with me. You know what I mean? And I just shut her down because I was thinking about myself. You know what I mean? And like, see, the reason I tell that story is because it's such a silly, little, fun, little, detailed, little life thing that happens that you would forget about in five seconds. You know what I mean? But like, God, if he was sitting with her and on, on the couch and like she was showing him, he would totally be so interested and like captivated by what she was saying. Totally. Do you know what I mean? The little things, the little things of life. That's what I feel like this community is going to shift into. Caring about the little things in other people's lives. Things that you don't care about at all. I know you don't care about it at all. I, don't, I know you don't care about this game on my phone, but I care about it. So do you care about that? Because that's the difference. You know what I mean? God cares about those things. Those tiny little things. Like, you know, when someone gives someone like a word of knowledge and they go, hey, when you were a kid about seven, like you had a dog named this and you used to cuddle this toy at night. And if you say a word of knowledge like that to someone, like a prophecy or something like that, they're going to break down and cry. Do you know why? Because that person has to, has to actually conclude, God knew me when I was a little kid and he cared about little details. We think God thinks about this big picture kind of love where it's like, yeah, collectively he kind of loves you because you're part of his people. He's like, no, it goes way deeper than that. You have no idea. I care about your favorite shirt this week. I know you have a favorite shirt. You wear it all the time. You wore it three times last week. I didn't judge you for it. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I care about your favorite level on that video game. How fun is that when we get to that level? Because I'm always there sitting there with you, playing, playing it with you. I love when that when your favorite song comes on and you always just sing it under your breath because you don't want other people to hear. I love when you do that. See, that's we don't think God thinks like that. We think he's like big, like, yeah, I love you collectively. I love you as like a people group kind of thing, right? He's like, no, I love every single part of you. It says the thoughts he has about you, like they outnumber the grains of sand on all the beaches on all the earth. But no one here believes that. Or do they? Yeah, well, that's how I fall on Sunday. When wow. He just brought everything together. Yeah. And made yeah. Really special. Yeah. It was like he just did that for me. That's so beautiful. Because yeah. he knows how much you care about that stuff. Yeah, and, and how hard the day is going to be if I don't do it on my own. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, like he had orchestrated all these things together. Yeah, that's it. And that's what we were saying last week, like Psalm 23, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You just live your life, you, you honor God, you follow God, you seek God, and, and he just does these things for you. He just blesses you. He brings amazing things for you. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'll get more into this next week as what we can do as a community and what we can do as people as with this message of love, like what it looks like for us to become love. Does that make sense? Do you guys see that God's heart a bit more clearer right now? So you don't think he cares about these little details, but I know he does. I remember Amber started watching, she's gonna hate me sharing this, all this crap, but <laughs> she started watching these YouTube videos um, on makeup tutorials. And I remember I said to her, I was like, do you know that God loves when you watch those makeup videos? And she goes, what? <laughs> and I go, seriously, he does, he loves it. Like any father would love their daughter, like, what it, like whatever this stuff that she's into. And she was like, are you serious? Oh, cool. And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you know, we don't think he thinks like that. We think he's like so disappointed with us, angry at us and just waiting for us to get, get our act together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Meanwhile, he's just caring about these little things that you, you've forgotten about. You know what I mean? But he hasn't. Jesus. All right. Amen. That's it. Done. Peace. Yay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.